Sentire Media. You are listening to the Latavola Marche Radio Network. Hello and thank you for downloading our little podcast from Italy. My name is Jason. Buongiorno, and I'm Ashley. And today we come to you from sea. We've done podcasts on the road before, but never a podcast at sea. We're floating across the Adriatic. (laughs) Um, On our way to Greece to visit some friends, and uh, we thought we have 24 hours on a boat, so why not do a little podcast? Let's bring it. Let's start this bad boy. (laughs) So what's been up? Well, let's... Hold on, let me set everything up. Oh, sorry, sorry. I get excited. (laughs) Today is Saturday, February 9th. It's 9 o'clock in the morning Greek time, so that'd be 8 o'clock in the morning in Italy. And um, we decided to do something different. Instead of driving to Rome and flying to uh, Athens, we decided to drive to Ancona and take the the overnight ferry across the Adriatic uh, into the Ionian Sea and uh, into a uh, little port city called Patras on the Mani... Is it on the Mani Peninsula? No, Peloponnese. It's on the Peloponnese, excuse me. Um, And... We are. We live about three hours from the city center of Rome, and about four hours because of traffic and how far out the um, airport is to get to um, to the airport in Rome. And we only live an hour and a half from Ancona, so we just thought, oh, not even an hour and a half, not even. So it just seemed like kind of, oh yeah, from the port especially, but it just kind of seemed like let's do something different and not have to worry about the same kind of security in the airport. And you, can br- you can bring whatever you want onto the boat. You can bring a steamer trunk full of whatever. We had a bag full of groceries and food, and and it's it's a classy group. Well, so let's make no mistake about it. This is not a cruise. Not a cruise. It's a ferry. This is a ferry. An over a 23-hour ferry ride. <laughs> Um, which is, it's been fun, it's not bad, the, the weather's calm and the air is warm, we're on the Greek side now, and the water is a beautiful blue color, but... Snow on the mountains! Snow on some of the peaks, but there's, it's a motley crew we have on here, not a lot of teeth. Surly, chain-smoking, uh... uh dr- heavy, heavy bo- boozers, <laughs> we got some boozers. boozers. It's a truckers scene. Yeah, yeah, sure. lots and lots of trucks. I didn't want to be left alone. <laughs> But it's a it's an adventure. So it what the is, hell? it is, and when you have time, this is the way to do it because it's a lot more leisurely. Obviously, you can hear from the echo of the podcast that our stateroom is palatial. <laughs> <laughs> the shower did smell like cat pee, and it's no bigger than. Um, yeah, it's basically the size of a room you would expect. But it's not bad. Um, and I'm sure if you did this in the summertime, there'd be many more families, and it wouldn't be so many truckers. And yeah, they, people like camp out on the do- <laughs> like the decks and stuff. I don't know. It's it's fun. It's a totally different way to do it. So uh, maybe for our next podcast, we'll tell you about how our little excursion to Greece was. But right now, we have much to talk about of what's going on in Italy these days. Yes. So, let's back it up. Let's back it up. Let's start with uh, the main topic of everyone, every conversation in, I'm sure, all of Italy, not only in Piobico these days, is well, the... all of Europe. Is the election coming up. Berlusconi's back, baby. <laughs> Berlusconi has made some outrageous claims in the last couple of weeks about his... Number one! What's he gonna do? Refund everyone's property tax for the last two years. <laughs> we don't really get in, we don't really understand Italian politics, and we really don't get into it, but... That's why we have barely t- ever talked about it on the podcast, too. But, um, 
It is, uh, it's something... It's a hot topic. It is a hot topic. It just... Then he said he wants to come back, but he wants to be the finance minister. I don't know. He's all over the place, but he's gaining steam. And this morning when we turned on the news, it said Monty had conceded. No, it didn't Oh, it said he already lost? It It said... What did it say? It said uh, Monty has already lost, but that was from the the opposition paper, yes. All right. This is why we don't talk about it, because I don't get any of my facts straight. (laughs) No kidding. Uh, but it's all anyone. It's really, really the hot topic. We'll see what happens. We have no idea. I really. Well, tell them what happened when you were in Piobico the other day to get your hair cut. So I was in Piobico uh, right before we left on Thursday. And um, the finance, uh, the Guardian Financia, the finance police, was undercover walking around. Oh, you didn't tell me they were undercover. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were walking around Piobico, an old guy and a young guy. And Piobico is literally, why I have to preface this, is it's a. It's a one-block town, or two-block town, for the most part. So that's why when I thought... I thought they were in uniform when you told me the story. And I thought, oh, gosh, everyone's got to know they're walking around. Okay, keep going. Sorry. So what they would do is they would wait outside... They would, from across the street, scope a place. Like, say, the... I was in the barbershop. So they would watch the barbershop. Who comes in and out? And then they would jump someone coming out and say, Did he give you a receipt? Did he give you a receipt? And, um... There was no one in the chair, and there was one kid who came, was in there before me, so he, I saw him get the receipt, but uh, they were doing this, they were running down people and running down cars, and, and uh, I've seen, I saw something that I've never seen and only heard about, I saw an old woman curse the man, uh, the, the, the younger of the two men uh, of the finance police, curse him in dialect, and then spit on the ground, <laughs> which is... <laughs> Something I only thought happened in the movies, but no, 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 it's true. It happens in Piopico. I love it. <laughs> so what's really going on now is they're real, they're starting to crack down on small businesses, which is crazy because it's the big, huge corporations that no one do, don't pay taxes, not the little well sixty nine year old barber who's been there for forty years <laughs> and you know makes barely ekes out a living because he charges eight bucks for a haircut and won't take a tip and won't take a tip (laughs) i try to pay him i I tell him eight is too little here's here take 15 no 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 what am i gonna do with this (laughs) so uh the the lady at the fruta vendora the fruit and vegetable stand she was really upset um the uh at cafe del corso the the uh husband and wife who owned that they were taught it was Everyone was out of their shops, everyone knew what was going on, and everyone was cursing the finance police to their face, which was pretty, pretty awesome. And it just goes to show you how mixed up the the whole tax system and the whole financial system here in Italy is that... They're just, they're going after the, the, the wrong people. They're going after hardworking people who are barely, barely, barely scraping together a living in this tiny, tiny town of 2,000 people. And it's just, it's kind of crazy. This, yeah, this is why we don't talk politics. This is why we don't talk politics, and this is why we don't uh, really get involved in any of this stuff in in uh, Piobico or in anywhere. Um we just kind of, we're foreigners, we kind of stay out of it, and um, we roll with the punches. We can't change it, we can't vote yet, because we're not Italian citizens, so in another three years when we get our Italian passports, then we can ha- say something, because then they can't throw us out. <laughs> oh my god. So. So that was the main thing happening. The, uh, 
We have snow coming to pe- to our oh area gosh. this year, uh, this year, this week. Uh, so we got out of there, and we're in the warm air of uh, the other side of. It uh, was snowing in Ancona when we were boarding the ferry. I thought, okay, you know, forty five minutes, an hour to the sea, and. Then going south, we're like in the wine area of the region, and it's not going to be cold. It's not going to be nearly as snowy. It was starting to snow when we left our house. And sure enough, we're waiting for the freaking ferry, which was two hours late. <laughs> and it was snowing. And I just thought, this is, in, this is ridiculous. So the weather's been crazy, but hopefully nothing like last year. Yes, yes. I hope to God nothing like last year. Um, the weekend before, we uh, went to our friend Carla and Gigi's pig farm. They raised type, a type of pig called the Cintasinese, which is a type of pig from Siena, from the Tuscany area. It's and a kind of an antique breed. It's a fatter. It has more fat. It, it grows slower. It's it, black and white. or yeah. yeah, more of a black with kind of a white belly stripe, if you will. Um, doesn't get big and fat like the like uh, normal uh, pig pigs would do, they grow slower. Their meat is much more flavorful, and they have much more of the beautiful fat on them that you would make the struto or the lardo with. I did a blog post about them last <laughs> spring too, with some great pictures of their farm because they really have such a cool uh, feeding system for their pigs in the different fields for their different ages. It's really neat. Um, what we did is. Uh, Carlo but, um, slaughtered three pigs the day before, and uh, we butchered them. So this is the first time I've seen a whole or a half an animal on a table, and we took apart all the pieces. So we would take the guancha or the, the cheek, then we took the pancetta out. He showed me how to separate the shoulder, how, how to separate the ham or the prosciutto. Um, we made copa di testa, which is a type of salami made out of all the innards. Wait, before you say that. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you cut me off already. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, before you start going into what you made with it, you were a butcher at one point in culinary school. What is the, how different was it butchering a pig from when you worked at a butchering Well, when I, when I worked at the butcher shop in New York, we would get parts of the pig and then, so you would get the whole shoulder, but you wouldn't get a whole animal delivered. And that was the difference. I mean, this, all that they did is slaughtered it and the thing's just sitting there split in half. Oh my God. And the innards on just a hook inside the hanging thing. That was the craziest part. Um, so it was really, really, really interesting. And they throw away nothing, nothing, nothing. No, the dog eats the eyeballs. (laughs) Yeah. They scrape the meat off all the bones. And then they boil the head to make the copa. We made, um... What's uh, the, what was your favorite thing that my, we ate at the end? Oh, they <laughs> have this thing called chicholi. Uh, what they do is you take the fat uh, and you cook it down. From the whole day, like as you're processing the meat. Like all the bits of fat, you just keep going into one big pile. From everything you're trimming, it just keeps going into one big pile. And then you put the pot on the stove and you let it come up slowly. And then all the little pieces of meat and skin that are in there become these crunchy, crispy little pieces. And you strain it out and press out all the... uh, all the fat, and you put it into this, um, you, you strain it through this machine that then has a, well, it's not a machine, it's really this contraption. That he built. Yeah, that has a, uh, uh, a screw at the top that pushes all the fat out of these little pieces of crunchy skin and meat, so that when they, when you put them on the paper towel, or put them on the carta jala, the, the, the uh, yellow paper, there's really, they're not greasy at all. No, that was the, that's what I was most surprised about, but uh, I could tell you were in you pork can, heaven. You, you can eat them like popcorn. <laughs> 
popcorn, these little pieces, with a glass of white wine, or you can throw them into some bread or some focaccia and make um, Ooh, or like bacon. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's great. Um, we it was just really, really interesting. I can't really explain how to butcher a pig on a podcast. No, you'll have to come to our butchery courses. But the other thing that was interesting, like you said, how they eat everything. They made. Well, that was out of a cow, the tendon salad. Uh, yeah, they made a salad out of the tendons from the leg, uh, from the lower part of the leg of the cow, which, um, it was interesting. They took the tendons and they bo- they took the lower, like, the shank part without the meat and boiled it and boiled it and boiled it. And then they took, the tendon becomes very soft. Then you chop up the tendon and you make a salad out of it with rosemary and um, garlic and lemon juice and olive oil, and you eat it as an antipasto. Kind of like a squid consistency. Uh, yeah, a little bit like overcooked squid, kind of a little rubbery. and Something I shocked myself that I ate and enjoyed was eggs and brains. Um, I don't, that sounds really gross. Let that hang for a minute. <laughs> Good morning! <laughs> um, you scrambled eggs with pig brain is delicious. If no one told you that it was, you would think it was foie gras or, or yeah, something. Yeah, just it's kind just, of this hint of porky butteriness. It tastes like, yeah, it tastes like fatty something, uh-huh. but it's, it was really, really good. That I really dug on, but man, we ate like, far, that was a farmer. It was. What dinner. about the, um, what about the livers in the call fat? Yes. Uh, also, we made... That's like um, an old-timey thing, too. Uh, it's, it's popular. Um, you take the call fat, which is the fat from inside the... It's They call it uh, rete de gras, or the fat net. Um, you can look up call fat or, or, or rete de gras. Um, and then they take the liver and cut it into pieces. It's, it's, um, with, would you... I was just going to say, as someone who doesn't know what these things are, it's actually... looks like a really beautiful piece of fat that it looks like um like cobweb like a net yeah yeah, yeah. and um they 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 uh wrap it around pork with a uh, bay leaf or a laurel leaf and then you put it on a stick and you either grill it or throw it into the pan and it was really really good it didn't the um pork liver didn't have a real livery taste it just it was it was really really nice i mm-hmm. like that a lot i'm excited i'm gonna i shot a ton of footage so i've got to go back through everything and see what i'm gonna make for um, some short videos, and I think I'll do a pancetta video soon, which will be really beautiful. Yeah, we uh, made the pa- we rolled the pancettas, put them under salt. Uh, we made sausages, we made salamis, and he has different recipes because um, Carlos is originally from the Emilia Romagna area, so he uses red wine instead of the white wine like we use. And he also uh, doesn't use uh, we use all pork shoulder, and he uses different parts of the pig to get the uh, the ratio that he wants of fat to meat. Uh, he ties them different, which was kind of cool. Ties Twists them totally them. different. He makes a prosciutto out of a pork shoulder, um, a, a salted aged pork shoulder, which is fattier, but much more flavor than mm. uh, a regular leg, the back leg of the prosciutto. So it was a really, really interesting day. And Carl and Gigi are great. We'll put up a uh, link to their website and to their Facebook page, and you can see hardcore, real Italian farmers. Yeah, they are legit. They are legit. <laughs> they, uh, Gigi has forgotten more in her lifetime than I've ever, than I could possibly learn. She is the real deal. And Carlo is very, uh, excellent teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very patient. He's very quiet. He's the kind of teacher, like, I like to teach, whereas you learn by doing it, not by watching me. Whereas the Godster, uh, Gaji <laughs> and... 
some of the other guys are more, you watch me for three or four years, yeah. and then maybe I'll let you touch it once or twice. Exactly. Which is a different style of learning. That's why we can't have Gaji over when we do the sausage making classes and things. He doesn't let the students, he doesn't let the, the students do it. He... He gets all agitated. You're gonna, you're gonna let him fill the sausages? They've never done it. I go, I know, that's what they're paying money to learn. And you're like, the casings are not expensive, just enjoy it. You gotta get your hands dirty. So, but, uh, Carlos an excellent teacher. I learned uh, a ton, a ton, a ton, and I can't thank them enough. Thank you guys. And we'll put up their information. Mm-hmm. There, it's, it's great. So, speaking of the sausages and salamis, can you think off the top of your head what our final count was hanging in apartment three? Over 100 kilo. Uh, <laughs> That's over 200 pounds. Yeah, because we made 50 kilo with Giorgio, or I'm sorry, Vittorio and Gaggi, and then we made another 50 kilo with Teresa, the couple a few weeks ago, and then I made another ten kilo with uh, Giorgio. Or I'm getting all these names mixed up. Carlo. Carlo. Um, So I think we have 110 kilo. Nice. The first salamis that the first sausages that we made when I got bamboozled. It's mid January. For uh, four, uh, we made them on the fourth of January. Those have already come down. Um, So they took about four weeks for the for the first. sausages to dry. And they tasted great. They were wonderful. And the salamis? Still going. The yeah, salamis yeah, yeah. should take um, about six to eight weeks, which is on, the way they feel now, they're pretty much on par. I turn, every three or four days I go up there, we keep the windows open, and I go up there and I turn the salami so that, or the sausages, excuse me, so that nothing's touching uh, itself for too long. Oh, did you put the um, cork in the other sausages? I took care of it all. You are good. You are good. <laughs> uh, so when we're gone, the gaji will go up and rotate them for us and stick any others. We stick ours under um, sotovoto um, vacuum seal bags. You can stick them under vacuum. We've talked about this. Vacuum seal bags. You can put them under struto or lard. You can or put them oil. under oil. The, I don't like the, any of them. The vacuum seal bags do the least in changing the flavor of the meat, if uh, you ask me. Yeah, some, well, the old school, well, before there was vacuum seal bags, they had to do something. Yeah, yeah, so. but I mean, in this day and age, I hate the oil. Yeah, personally. it's just, a, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Uh, when we come back, we w- it will be a time to get going. Our first guest will be arriving in uh, mid-March, so, whew. That went fast. I know. It's carnival right now, and uh, everyone's been dressing up and eating the fat treats. We put a post of castagnole on the blog, um, and castagnole are like delicious donuts, basically. They're um, fritters. It's a fried dough, but you fry castagnole in pork fat instead of oil. Yeah, you do. Which makes it (laughs) taste absolutely delicious, and you can put, you could either sprinkle them with, um, uh, Regular sugar and this uh, liquor called Alchemist, which is a red liquor. It tastes a little bit like... Um, pumpkin pie to me. You really think it tastes like pumpkin pie? Like no. pumpkin pie mix. There's no, something it about it. It tastes like anise. There's something pumpkin pie to me. I don't know. It's really weird. Um, uh, or you can sp- or you can drizzle a little bit of honey over Yeah. It. And I prefer the honey. Um, all the kids are getting their, uh, their costumes ready. The big... Uh, uh, Apecchio makes a really nice carnival uh, parade. Uh, the carnival parade's been going 
every the last two weekends in Fano they've been doing it. So, Carnavale! Give me candy! And we will start the- Well, yeah, that's what I love about the, the parade in Apecchio, is they don't, they throw candy to the kids, but they have, like, sausages they throw, and wine they pass out, and it's awesome. The, the, um, the big trucks they make, what are those called? Like, floats. The floats, thank you. It's great. It is. And, but we found out, I thought, oh, hey, let me look this up. We're going to be in Greece for Carnival. This could be pretty cool. It ends up the port town we arrive in is one of the most famous towns in Greece for Carnival. And I thought, oh my God, what are the odds? Well, they're not very good because the Greeks go by the Greek Orthodox calendar. So it's not the same time at all. We're like three weeks off, which kind of sucks, but whatever. Are you going to give anything up for Lent? (sighs) Wow, put on the spot. No. (laughs) (laughs) I give up making tiramisu. No, I don't know. Are you giving anything up? No, I don't know. Sure. I'm giving up booze. (laughs) I don't really drink, so it doesn't matter. Uh, what, uh, What else is going on in our neck of the woods? Gosh. I don't know. Wow, they don't call her the best color man in baseball for nothing there, folks. You got nothing? No, I can't think of anything. We're, we had horrible coffee this morning, so my head is not right. <laughs> Man, we are not in Italy anymore. I paid seven euro for two instant coffees here on the beautiful, uh, what's the name of this boat again? Minonian. No, that's the line. It's oh. the Europa Link. Yes. Oh my god, we are not in Italy anymore, seven euro for two sh- shitty coffees. Oh my god. I could see his face when he was ordering, and I thought, why does he look so angry? <laughs> Seven euro. <laughs> Not even a real coffee. He took two scoops of instant Nesquik and add or add the ne- the Nestle instant coffee and put hot water to it. And I just looked at him like, you "Gotta be kidding, man!" Oh, speaking of coffee, we made a video. <laughs> if you haven't seen it on YouTube yet, check out how to use a mocha to make Italian coffee at home. Do you want to explain a mocha? A mocha is a stove top. Percolator for um, your espresso. <laughs> most people in Italy don't. Uh, most families in Italy use the mocha as the everyday coffee maker. We don't. Uh, no one. Ha- no one that I know has a real coffee pot like where the water comes up the top and filters through a. Uh, the coffee filters through a filter. Everyone uses the mocha, um, and it makes an absolutely wonderful, wonderful cup of yeah, coffee. it really does. The only thing it doesn't do is do the crema, the little white foam, the little white, uh, the, the foamy part on top of the, the coffee, but that's okay. If you use a really good coffee, we like uh, Lavazza Cafe Oro, it, and you get a milk pumper or a frother, you can have a pretty slamming cappuccino. It really is. We went Before we moved to Italy, we went through this kick of coffee makers. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And buying different ones, and your mom got us one, and it was like something about the water never getting hot enough in the pot or something, and it changed the way. It just was not a strong cup of coffee, and the mocha, you're going to get a heavy dose every every tazzo, every cup. And it, But it's just funny because... They don't really call it espresso here. You would ask for a cafe. Yeah, in Italy, espresso just means quickly. So uh, espresso coffee is a quick coffee. You wouldn't go into... Please don't go into a cafe and order an espresso. Just order a cafe. Un cafe, per favore. And a cafe will be probably one finger in the cup. If you order a macchiato, which means marked with milk, it'll be a shot of 
coffee with a mark of foam. And if you order, order a cappuccino or a cappuccio, you'll get hot milk with steamed milk with foam on top of your coffee. Um, but the video, it's blowing up. <laughs> no, it's not, but it's great. So if you want to know how to use mocha, check out our little video online. You can see the link on our blog as well. And we're gonna get we're getting into doing video more and more now. I never knew how much time it takes to shoot and then edit that stupid little video. It is it is time consuming. Jason it's- made me lights, so it's all lit up and next up is audio. That's why there hasn't been any audio in the videos as of Yeah, time. we just sent it to music <laughs> because the built in microphone in the camera is terrible, and to get real audio is an investment. So before we before we go down and throw money down on a uh, digital recorder or some kind of, uh, and a microphone, we need to know what we're buying. So hopefully when we get back, we'll get the necessary professional audio equipment, and now we can actually have uh, someone talking in our videos. Oh, wow. oh, check that out. Um, on a totally random side note, shocking, um, I wanted to make sure to not forget to say a big thank you and shout out to Jake Woods and his help in f- locating Mario Vertolini's family in America. And it's well, go back incredible. and re- reset that story. Yeah, from um, the last podcast, we talked about going to Ostra and meeting a really nice gentleman named Mario who... Upon finding out that we're American, started pulling out these old family photos and asked if we if we knew them and if we could help find them. And they were in their seventies or nineties. I mean, it was all this kind of just craziness. And someone listened to the podcast and shot us an email and offered to help. And sure enough, he has made the family connection, and they're all in contact. And it's just kind of wonderful. And. It's absolutely wonderful for me to think of someone who doesn't know them and is just listening from afar to go out of their way and really make an effort to connect to this family. I thought that was really touching. And it's incredible the power of the of the podcast and the power of what a small world it is now that mm-hmm. you can just have a little bit of information and someone who just wants to reconnect with their family and a couple weeks later, it's done. It's, it's absolutely incredible. So, Jake, thank you so much. You have no idea how happy... You made this wonderful, sweet, beautiful sweet. man, mm-hmm. and I hopefully his family is uh, just as ecstatic as as he is. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Uh, coming up when we uh, coming up for the next week, it's going to be time to start opening up apartments. I have painting uh-huh. to do. I have toilets to fix. We uh, we just met. We just had. Uh, we're with Carolyn and our neighbor Carolyn, who has the greenhouse, who starts all the seeds. She was pulling out all the seeds that we're going to start. Um, it's time to get going and doing that. As soon as the the uh, the garden dries out a little bit, the 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 earth dries out, it'll be start time to turn the soil. Do we have to go clean up all those tomatoes? Oh yes, we have a ton of work left. We have to pull. <laughs> Jason didn't pull all the dead plants out of the field. Uh, before the ground froze, so we're going to have to go and do that. That's going to be a ton of work. It's going to be a ton of brack-breaking work. Have you ever pulled... You haven't done it before, have you? Not like that, but last... I remember when we also did, like, the throwing of the shit, the manure all over the field. That's the easy part. I know. Pulling all (laughs) those things out is is just horrible work. Uh, But it's all part of the fun part of the garden. It will be good, though. Hopefully this spring will be nice, and uh, the weather will be consistent, and we won't have a May freeze, my God. No. 
So should we sign off? Yeah, we're going to keep this one a little bit shorter. Uh, If you would like to get in contact with us, please leave your questions or comments. Rate rate the uh, podcast if you'd like. Five star. Make it five star. Uh, Since we're on sea, how do you say good luck? How does a fisherman say good luck? Not the Mboka Lupo of the... Nel, nel, nel culo de la balena? Uh-huh. In the ass of the whale? <laughs> yes! Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to sign off with that since... In the ass of the whale, since we're out at sea. But we're, Gre- we're in Greece now. Yeah, but I don't know how to say Okay, it. Greek is... Uh, Greeks, if you listen to it, it's not... It doesn't sound terribly different than Italy to my ear. It, Italian, I'm sorry. <laughs> Italy. To in Italian America? to my ear, but... The writing is crazy because oh it's a whole God. new alphabet, um, and it's going to be interesting because we are going to the like Sicily, Napoli. Yeah, um, we're going to the middle of nowhere, Greece. We're not going to the touristy parts. We're going basically like we're the first place we're staying in is like a Piobico, uh, our little town, two thousand people, no one speaks English. Type I think thing. it's a two hundred inhabitants. Oh, nice! So we're taking <laughs> it down by factor <laughs> ten. Nice. Uh, so it'll be fun. I like doing that kind of traveling. I don't want to travel to a place and speak English and have ice in my drink. And I want to go and f- really rough it and feel like, you know, you're really part of the culture and the people. And it'll be great. Greek people are great. I mean, they like to drink, they like to eat, and they like to have fun. So mm-hmm. it'll be fu- it'll be great. Hopla! It's all Greek to me! <laughs> we'll have some ouzo. Yes. Uh, we'll have a lot of lamb. We'll have tzatziki. I'm in, I can't wait to have good yogurt and honey. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll be great. Uh, and we're going to oh, be in Kalamata. Yeah, we'll Kalamata. We'll have some good olives. Oh, yeah, and there's just a little bit of history there. Just a little. Eh, you know. We're gonna, if you like the Iliad. <laughs> uh, we're staying in Sparta, and we're staying on uh, the Mani Peninsula, which is part of the Peloponnese. So you can go ahead and Google that if you're really interested in where good old Jason and Ashley are bopping around for the next couple days. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much for listening. Find us at latavolamarche.com, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us at latavolamarche.blogspot.com, Twitter. (laughs) Um, Send us your questions. Oh, YouTube. Yeah, send us your questions or comments. And if anyone would like to hear us talk about something or if there's something you didn't understand or um, want us to expand on, Go ahead and shoot us an email. Info at latavolamarque.com or Jason at latavolamarque.com or Ashley at (laughs) latavolamarque.com. Anything else? No. All right. We only have another eight hours left on this boat. (laughs) Tuck in. Tuck in. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you very much for downloading. Have a wonderful week and we'll talk to you next time. Ciao. Ciao. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. 
With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.